You're listening to the Cleveland Comedy Network. My name's Steve Guy, the host of Happy Hour with Steve Guy, where I get to sit down and interview people who are from Cleveland originally or doing very cool things in Cleveland. It's all part of the Cleveland Comedy Network, just like the show you're about to listen to. To keep up to date with all the podcasts coming to the network, go to clevelandcomedyfestival.com slash the network. Hey, welcome to 10 Cent Beer Life. Hey, welcome back to Tencent Beer Life. I'm your host, Kyle, as always, with my guys, Brian and Dave. The glorious reunion. Brian on a cell phone. Thanks for calling. (laughs) (laughs) Not a first-time caller. I hate this. Brian from Bria, you're on the air. Well, yeah. I mean, how long has it been? The three weeks? Four weeks? Three weeks. We missed three recordings. Is that correct? Two recordings? Yeah, we missed was... two recordings. So three weeks. We're back, baby. You thought it failed. We were all traveling the world. Yeah, all of us took trips. Faux show. Busy and important men. Yeah, my my computer wasn't working before I left though because we tried to do a a pound town virtually as well because uh, Will was sick and he was like, "So do you want to come do the podcast?" I'm like, "I don't want to be anywhere fucking near you. I have a trip. I'm not risking the trip for this podcast. I'm sorry. I love the podcast, but this trip is very expensive, and I'm not going to go sit in a hotel room in Europe because I sat next to you." Right. And then my computer was just being a dick the whole time. So we just, we haven't done one of those in weeks either. You guys did like one and then it's been like dead air again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what's going on over there. Just dead air. (laughs) Well, Will was sick, but I I was fucking London and shit. Go ahead, dude. Like whatever. UK, UK. So Kyle was privy to... um, the drama that happened on the way there. But Dave doesn't know anything about it because Kyle texted me like at the perfect moment. So what happens is, is like I'm flying to um, Chicago first for a connecting flight. And I had an hour and a half layover and then I was going to go to London from there. So it was like take off about a half an hour late. You know, they just keep pushing back the time, and I'm kind of freaking out because an hour and a half didn't feel like a lot. I've never flown internationally. I didn't know what that entailed. I didn't know if anybody was going to stop me right before I left the country to, like, look over anything. And honestly, I was, like, really nervous going through customs, period. I, I Again, I've never done it. Um, I didn't know how long it would take, how invasive it was because in the movies, like, they're, like, rifling through your shit and asking you if you want to declare things and, like, None of that. None of that happened. <laughs> it was it was all like just about the same. Um, I was also very nervous that I had some uh, extracurriculars or a contraband of sorts hidden somewhere in a backpack that I completely forgot to check. Um, all my shit's got too many zippers, so I, I I was a little bit nervous about that like the whole time. Um, but got through no problem, and 
Um, there's the delay. So we get to fucking uh, Chicago and we land and we land and I've got about an hour and 15. Like they, they made up a little time in the sky. I'm like, okay, deep sigh of relief. I'm going to be okay. And then the plane starts taxiing. And then it keeps taxiing and taxiing and taxiing. Everybody on the plane starts looking at each other. And then we all start talking going, has anybody ever experienced anything like this? Anybody ever taxied this long ever in their entire lives? Everybody's like, no, this is insane. What is going on? We no joke taxied for over a half an hour. We had to have driven miles in a plane on the ground. And at one point, we went over an overpass of a freeway. And like, Whoa. then we got stopped at like a red light there. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're sitting in, like on a bridge over a freeway in Chicago at a red light. I've never sat at a red light in a plane before. And that took like 10 minutes. And all that hour and 15 is starting to really whittle down. And then they drive a little further, about another 10 minutes of driving. And then we're just like sitting there and they're like, oh, finally they say something. They're like, we're waiting for a, a terminal to open up. And I'm fucking freaking out. I probably got about 15, 20 minutes at this point. Finally, they start moving. We get there. I got about like five minutes left until my flight's supposed to leave. And we stop and people start getting up. And I, the girl next to me was like, she, she was talking about her flight and what she had to do. And everybody with the connecting flights is like, you know, commiserating together. And I'm like, I'm going to London. And they're like, oh, you're screwed. And then when the plane stopped, she goes, if I were you, I'd make my way to the front of the plane right now. So I just bombarded my way to the front of the plane from row 15 all the way to the front. I just am like pushing people aside a little bit and like making my way to the front. Thank God I didn't have any bag besides my backpack. But like I was the first one off that plane. And I just kept saying connecting flight. I'm sorry, connecting flight. I'm sorry. So I get to the front and the, the, uh, they don't call them stewardesses, the flight attendant. She like scolds me for doing this. She was like yelling at me. I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm here now. I'm not going back. So just, just open that please. And I got out and I fucking sprinted. I sprinted through the airport like an NFL kick returner. I am weaving through people jumping over bags like i was <laughs> i was moving it was the most impressive athletic thing i've done since college i was sprinting through that airport i was so tired and like my body was like failing me because i i probably ended up like dead sprinting i guess about a half a mile well, and what, what airport was it again it was O'Hare. it was o'hare that's a big yeah, fucking so it was airport a big fucking airport um so I sprint all the way. I get there and like I, they're like, you made it. You made it on time, man. They're like, feel like the everybody that works for the airline was like, you did it. Good for you. And I'm like trying to catch my breath. I'm <laughs> struggling so bad. I'm like, did you hold this for me? And they're like, no. You made it with 90 seconds. It's wow. The closest I've ever come to to missing a flight, let alone a fucking international one. So I made it within 90 seconds. I was the last person on the plane. I got there. I was so out of breath. I was covered in sweat. I was like holding in coughs so that people didn't think that I had COVID. I was clearly freaking out the lady next to me. It was, it was so stressful. I was freaking out the whole time, but I made it. Yeah, dude. Like he was texting me like, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. And then like nothing. I don't hear anything. And he goes, I fucking made it. 
and like I'm laying on the couch and I'm just like screaming like let's fucking go dude <laughs> it was such a close call like it was a roller coaster of emotions and then I got on the plane I popped some extracurriculars and uh passed out for about five hours woke up in uh in London and then it was an amazing trip London's a little bit up its own ass but it was still cool um we went and saw the uh, the Tower of London, which is a fucking thousand years old. Like the first building was built by William the Conqueror an actual thousand years ago. And then the rest of it was added over time with like, you know, King Edward, who's the guy that was like fucking up the Scots. And um, we took a, a tour from one of those beef eaters. You ever seen those guys? They're on the obviously the guys, on the gin bottle. The guys that make gin. Yeah. yeah dude, it's all they like wear silly costumes. As it turns out, those guys are like legit it's like an ultra prestigious thing to be a the yeoman ward or beef eater and uh they live there they actually live in the tower of london and you have to be in the military for like 22 years and achieve a certain amount of uh like awards and shit like that in order to be one and uh the guy was funny he was a good tour we went and saw uh richmond which is where they filmed ted lasso um then we went on to Scotland. Edinburgh is the best city I've ever been to. I drank a whole bunch of scotch and uh, looked at another castle there. A lot of castles on this trip. <laughs> we went to three castles. And uh, it just, yeah, it, Scotland was awesome. Ireland next. Ireland's the prettiest place I've ever been. And uh, we saw this uh, amazing Game of Thrones studio tour which was like the actual costumes and weapons and everything that was actually used on the show like the actual iron throne like we saw it you couldn't sit in it because it's actually made out of swords it's not you know just made to be like a prop it's really melted down swords in real life that's tight yeah they wouldn't let you sit in it hell no like the actors that actually played, like, the people that sat in the thrones had to wear padding or else it will stab you. Oh, shit. It's like that. that. It it's, like, no actually thing. made of swords. <laughs> ah, you think they'd put a fucking cushion on it and say, hey, take your picture for 90 pounds, you know? Like, right. They're missing out on a lot yeah. of money, dude. I would struggle to not pay that money to sit on the Iron Throne. That's what I mean. Um, like, who wouldn't? But it is the real one, and like you got to preserve it. You can't just have people sitting on it all the time. Because it's a fucking TV show, you got to preserve it. <laughs> I mean, it's an iconic about? TV show, and it's like sure. the most iconic part of the show. Yeah, but you can go fucking stick gum under a table at Cheers. You know what I mean? Like, they can do a table at Cheers is different than the Iron Throne. I don't know, man. Cheers. Cheers, yeah. Norm. <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah. the iconic actors started fucking Cheers. Uh, yeah, I'm not with you on that one, but I'm also not with Brian on it either. Like, you know, uh, you know, how many swords did they use to make it? You know, is it like one uh, one of a kind art piece? You know, I don't know. But it is. I mean, like, I that is, is the one, one from the show. They didn't use different ones. Shenanigans. They should just make a mold of it and put up a replica and tax people to sit in that one. 
boom. You should use solved. your cricket. Now that, yeah, they should have done that. But they didn't. They they tried to charge us a bunch of money to take these green screen pictures. And like they, you, you take them first. They don't charge you for that. And then to print them without a watermark, you got to pay. We didn't do that. <laughs> Dog, I can Photoshop you into fucking whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you on the throne. I'll put you on a fucking dragon, dog. <laughs> just, just send me some blanks, and I can do. No, it. I I got some pretty cool uh, souvenirs from there. I got like a, a miniature Iron Throne, and then uh, uh, like the pin that the hand of the king wears with like the the needle coming down. It's like a like a, like a thick magnet. It, it's got some weight to it. It's also a bottle opener. I bought that. Nice. That bottle of scotch. But, Scotland is like the trip was kind of tough because Sarah couldn't drink at all. Sarah's on a medication that like that plus alcohol can really tax the liver real bad. Um, so she had to be sober on the trip, which I felt really bad for. Her. Um, but in Scotland, there were some nights where she was getting down because she couldn't drink. And I'm, I, I had to say something. I'm like, I feel so bad for you. Like, I, I really want to be very sensitive to this, but we're also in like the ultimate place for me to drink right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, right. but like everything that I complain about at bars here, they've got like they've got like Lagavulin here for like a Lagavulin 16. You pay like what, 27 to 35 bucks a pour. Oh, yeah. There it's 850. And another thing that I complain about everywhere is nobody ever tells you what the prices are. Like I have to sit there and go, how much is that one? How much is that one? How much is that one? Cause if I just order something, I could end up paying $25 for glasses of like Glenn Levitt or like Lafroy. But there everything is listed out. That's beautiful. Plus gluten free beers everywhere. A lot of places even had it on tap. It was awesome. God damn. You don't, that is crazy though. They don't have more gluten-free beers over here like they fat. I don't ever see them. I don't overlook, but it's, you know. Is it very, very rare here to have any gluten-free beers at a bar? Yep, it's super rare. Like, I I, I know of, like, two bars. Um, one is Yard House, and then the other one is that uh, the Meathead place out in, like, Worcester had them. Oh, I do remember them. Mm-hmm. Somebody else was drinking. Was that you? Were you on that show? With me? That was me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, like no place has them. Yeah. Huh. That's crazy. Well, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. You found home. You should. Uh, yes. You should. Uh, fucking put something together and try to go do uh the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Like, yeah, that's what we were saying. Show. But like, I mean, oh, did we lose? Can you them? go over there. Oh, hold up. Hold up, hold up. Very I'm back, I'm back. Message. No, I accidentally hit the Siri button. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, like, when you go over there, like, I'm, I'm sure you're losing money, like, a lot of money on doing that festival. I don't know, maybe. I think he just muted himself. Did I mute myself? I don't know, I oh, hear him. He said okay. that uh, you, you lose money doing that festival, probably. I imagine you lose a bunch of money... I mean, make it a vacation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, if you plan for it. For sure. I don't, I don't know how it all works. I know it's like three weeks or a month long, and like, and I'll do respect to anybody who's done it that might be listening. Lesser comics have gotten into that festival. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, 
you could fucking disguise it as a one man show or whatever. The history of Cleveland or whatever, you know, it's just. I'm sure they'd love the history of Cleveland over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, Dave, you're back too. Quick update fucking... on the computer. Still being a dick. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I had to uh, call off fat to all of my weekend plans because I was just fucking taxed from walking through airports and the city of Denver, you know, uh, classic me fashion. I planned on, like, exercising and, like, trying to lose some weight before I went and all this kind of shit. I did none of it. So I went from, like, zero to walking fucking 10 miles in three days and then I'm just hobbling around the rest of the time recovering. But I had a fucking blast. Um, I took up every millimeter of that first class seat that I purchased to get me there. <laughs> it was the shit. Dude, I, I walked out of the plane and the fucking both flight attendants look at me fucking wide eyed like, holy shit, where is he sitting? And I go, we're going to need a bigger belt. <laughs> and uh i was in the first row on both flights a1 and and uh f1 so you know i was in and you know in and, and out of the plane quick both times uh i had priority access with my first class ticket so like i got to skip all the security lines i stood behind like three people both times i i went in and out of security um you know the flights were pretty simple the the craziest thing my buddy was supposed to meet me there i flew in tuesday got to my airbnb walked to the dispensary because that's literally the only thing on this planet pussy and weed probably the only two things i'd ever walk anywhere for and uh i walked to this dispensary get some food at the bar next door go back my buddy's supposed to fly in on Wednesday. I wake up Wednesday morning to a text from him saying, hey, I can't make it. Uh, oh, shit. I, I waited too long to book my ticket. We were supposed to stay with his friends that night. So now I'm scrambling to find another place to stay on Wednesday, trying to give the ticket away to somebody. You know, I'm, I'm hitting up all the comic pages in Denver, trying to hit up everybody I know in Denver to, you know, see if I can get somebody to utilize this ticket <laughs> so it doesn't go to waste. And uh, so I spent, you know, a good portion of Wednesday doing that. I, I, had, I took the bus and walked to Target because I made the rookie mistake of not taking my fucking loofah rope. So I'm walking around the city smelling like a young bear fucking. <laughs> and, and they don't sell loofah ropes. Every store in Denver, no store in Denver had a loofah rope. And uh, what is a loofah rope? It is a braided uh you know a loofah that you use with body wash yeah. in the shower so like it's a long rope that that's braided and i it, it's in my joke that i use it to floss my body clean okay it's like literally the only way i can wash my taint and my fucking butthole is by tying <laughs> a, tying a knot in the center of a loofah rope and just getting in there and all, the, <laughs> and all, and all the nooks and crannies you know <laughs> so i forgot it and i'm fucked so now i'm laying it up Tuesday night on all the apps or on all the websites trying to find one in Denver, trying to see if Amazon can drop one in a locker for me the next morning. They can't do that. 
So that now I'm trying to MacGyver together some shit to get my body clean for this fucking... Uh, I went to see Bert and Dan Soder and Big J Okerson at Red Rocks. And um, so I buy all this shit. I bought a jump rope. I ended up... (laughs) (laughs) You bought a jump rope? I bought a jump rope. And and I had these two... (laughs) I had these two, two loofahs on sticks. But... It, it wasn't. It wasn't working. I couldn't. I couldn't get it popping. I couldn't get it working. I even tried like sitting on the toilet and using the edge of the toilet as like a fulcrum to try to dig up in there. I also not having a bidet. I haven't had a chocolatey wipe in like fucking years. Now I'm I'm sitting on this toilet without a bidet. A bidet. You know, I've got tree bark for toilet paper. I'm busting hemis. I've got a pool of blood in the toilet. It was all fucked up. Oh my and uh, <laughs> fucking, I haven't had I haven't had to wipe the fucking tree bark toilet paper in forever. Anyway, uh, so I thought these loofahs on a stick would work, but I bought the jump rope just in case. So I ended up tying like seven baby wipes to this jump rope and and getting the floss going, and that that ended up working out perfectly. So, <laughs> fucking big girls over here, dude. <laughs> dude, I had to MacGyver it up, man. I was fucked. What a rookie maneuver. Um, now, let me ask you this. Um, could you not have just used a full body towel as like a gigantic washcloth instead? And, and tried to floss it like that, I guess. But, I mean, I didn't want to like brown up all their white towels. You know what I mean? Oh, who cares about that? Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, I mean, even then... Was it an Airbnb or a hotel? It was an Airbnb that took a $200 fucking uh, deposit from me twice because I had to book two separate nights instead of just booking both nights at once. Because my buddy canceled on me, I had to book a second night. So they took another $200. You know, they had $400 in fucking security deposits wrapped up from me. Um, So I'm so confused as to why... He told you day of that he waited too long. Did he try and book his flight the day of? He was, he kept fucking dig- He travels all the time. So he does this shit a lot. You know, he'll, he'll wait to, you know, get the best. And then when it came down to it, it was like the only shit left. He would be, he would have like, a, a, you know, like a three hour layover. He would get there with like barely enough time to get to Red Rocks. And then he'd have to turn around and fly back out the day. You know, I didn't book my ticket until probably three or four days ahead of time. So we, you know, we waited to the last minute to do it all. And uh, I was, I was planning on driving at, up until a certain point. And then I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll just buy a first class ticket and say, you know, treat yourself. So, um, yeah. I, and I was furious. I, you know, I'm like, you leave me out here like fucking Steve yeah. Lansbury, you know? <laughs> Super bad. worse than anything Stephen Glansbury's ever done. <clears throat> I, so now I got to eat my lunch alone like I'm Stephen fucking Glansbury. But um, so then, you know, I went to Target, got some food, went back, got ready for the show, MacGyvered up a loofah rope out of a, a jump rope and some baby wipes, got to the show, you know, took an Uber to the show. I bullied my fucking Uber driver to make him take me as deep into red rocks as I possibly could. I called the, the <laughs> box office and I was like, Hey, I'm uh, I go, I'm handicapped. I need to know how to get as close to the bill, you know, as close to the venue as possible. And I wore control socks. 
because they're like, you can only go so far, and then the handicap shuttle will have to take you the rest of the way. And I'm like, oh, nobody questions someone wearing control socks. (laughs) (laughs) And I literally, I bullied this dude. All of my Uber drivers were fucking foreign. Um, So, you know, they have like zero idea what I'm trying to tell them. And I forgot my wallet upstairs. Also, my Airbnb was on the second floor. So, and there was like 30 steps, dude. I'm hyperventilating by the time I get to the top of these with my luggage and shit. I'm like, oh my God. So I go to get in the Uber. He's not there yet. And I realized I forgot my wallet. So I had to run back in up these steps to get my wallet and come back. I get in his car. I'm hyperventilating and I'm trying to tell him, you can't drop me off at the Uber place. You have to drop me off at the fucking handicap shuttle. We have to go to the upper South lot. You have to go past it. And I'm trying to tell him through me hyperventilating. It had to be the most annoying fucking thing ever. So he does it, drops me off at the handicap shuttle. They drop me right at the fucking back entrance. I go right in at the front row. I'm sitting in the fourth row. The show was fucking hilarious. Tight as fuck. Pounded some tall Topo Chicos. And here's the, the first thing. By the time I get to my seat, I've been standing for probably 30 minutes in the in the beer line. I've got two 24-ounce Topo Chicos. I've got my pen fucking smuggled in my chunk oven. And uh, I get to the seats, and there's fucking fat people there. And they're in both of the seats that I have. And I go, hey, you guys got to fucking move. And, they're, and they look down, and there's, like, people galore. And they're like, We're, I don't, we don't. I go, look, I got 56 and 57. You guys need to fucking figure it out. You know, so basically they, they make like one or before I even say that they make a spot. I go, no, I got 57 and 58, whatever it was. I go, I need that other spot. I bought two spots so I wouldn't have to be pressed up on, you know, by anybody. That's what I was telling them. And uh, so they moved. Actually, or is that just your buddy's ticket? Yeah, it was just his ticket. I just oh, had okay. two tickets. Yeah, I was just playing it off. So, yeah. um. I get a Topo Chico in me. I hit my pen a couple times, and then I'm like, hey, guys, sorry for being a dick when I got here. I was out of breath. I was cranky. You know, it's all, <laughs> you know, Sorry about that. And they're like, oh, it's all good. And then the show was fucking phenomenal. By the end of the – and if my buddy would have been there, I, I have no idea how we – I mean, I guess we would have had to get some fucking ushers to go shove people down the fucking thing, but I don't even know if that was possible. So it almost worked out that he wasn't there. Um and then by the end of the show, I was like, oh, th- you know, this is one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. You know, I was no longer angry with him because it all worked out as it always does. And um, the secret, dude, the secret, you know, <laughs> fucking after the show, I'm the guy told me the the handicap uh, shuttle driver told me, he goes, if you wait around to the end, I can run you all the way back out to the Uber drop off. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. So I'm just standing around. <laughs> I'm shit face. Uh, Bert lit a, a joint of um, laughing gas, which is Joey Diaz's um, weed. Mm-hmm. He's, he's smoking it on stage. I mean, he he probably did two hours. This is like halfway through. He lights one of these joints. It looks like a long ass two hours. Yeah. And it looks like a long ass double A battery. He was like, we don't have a curfew. He goes, I'm telling you all the stories tonight. People were screaming shit out to him to tell, and he was like, oh, I don't remember that one. But he he, it, it, he lit that joint, it hit it, you know, a handful of times or whatever, and someone in the crowd was like, puff, puff, pass. And they fucking, he, he goes, security, hand, the, hand this to those people. He passed this joint 
of Joey Diaz's weed that you can only get in California <laughs> out in the crowd. And dude, you want to talk about the fucking secret? I made that bitch come to me with my fucking brain. <laughs> I mean, I'm hawkeyeing it. It it goes like it goes like down the first row a little bit, up to the second row, over a little bit, back. And it starts coming my way, and I just start screaming at people. I'm like, over here, over here. I hit that bitch like three times. I should have taken a picture of myself hitting it. I handed it to um, a dude up in the row behind me, and Bert's like, "How'd you guys get COVID?" Oh, I hit Bert's joint at Red Rocks, and I'm like, "You motherfucker." Like, the thought hadn't even crossed my mind until he said that. And um, so after the show, I'm fucking faded. I'm drunk. I'm cross-faded, rather. And I'm standing, like, 20 feet away from this group of people, and I hear the one guy say, uh, I wonder where this shuttle takes us. And I go, oh, you've uttered the magic words, weary traveler. The information you <laughs> seek I hold within. And I, I start waddling my fat ass. <laughs> fat ass up to him in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt. And uh, and then I tell him, I'm like, yeah, this the bus goes down to the trading post and then you gotta walk the rest of the way to the fucking Uber pickup. And uh, th these people were just like looking at me like I was some fucking weirdo coming out of the shadows. Well, yeah, more wizard Dave. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was a wizard for sure. And um, then I had plans of doing all kinds of shit. I, I got to a different Airbnb the next night, uh, the next day. They let me check in early. And at this point, I had bought like the first night I bought two joints that were each a gram a piece. And then on Thursday, I bought two that were each a gram and a half a piece and had like moon rocks and keefing in them and shit. And I, get to my, I get to my Airbnb and I start doing the math. And I'm like, I've got 24 hours to smoke five grams of weed. And... <laughs> I smoke that first joint and it takes me half an hour to smoke. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to be out here all fucking day. And, um, so yeah, in the next, I was going to go do some mics, some open mics. I was going to go take a look around at some places. I was going to, you know, and I just started smoking these joints and laying on the couch and watching TV. And I did absolutely nothing for 24 hours except smoke five grams of weed. Oh, you so said you smoked all of it. Yeah. I finished the last I finished the last um joint that had all of the um moon rocks and Keith in it as my Uber driver is pulling up. This dude looked like the uh the guy that sells that kid, the gremlin. The first thing you should see his eyes. His eyes are fucking wide as shit. He's like, Holy fuck, you know? And I'm lugging my shit down the steps, I'm huffing and puffing. And he goes, Uh, get in this side. It's wider. And I'm like, <laughs> like, all right, thanks. So I put my shit in the back. I get in, and then he gets in, and I'm like huffing and puffing. He goes, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, fucking drive." What are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, then it's like dead silent for ten minutes, and all of a sudden he says, "I must. We're entering the highway. I must focus to drive." I'm like, "Okay, dude. <laughs> no problem, sir." You should have used the wizard speak at that point because it sounds like he's wizard speaking. Yeah, well, I'm not going to do his accent, but, you know, like I said, he, he did sell that kid a gremlin. Um, and then I started thinking about if I ever got a gremlin, how Cleveland would be, or a, a gizmo, a Cleveland would be overrun with gremlins. Because, uh, Why, because you're fucking them the whole time? No, because yep, I'm that's how, that's how the movie works. That's how the movie works, is you fuck <laughs> your gremlins. 
Yeah, you know, and more gremlins appear, and that's why there's a problem because that little boy just kept fucking that gremlin. Yeah, dude, you can't give him come after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> can't feed him the hog. Um, and then my flight back was dope. You know, um, it was all good. But then I was just fucking wrecked as soon as I got home and like sat down. I was just fucking planted. Uh. Yesterday, I was, we were supposed to have face maker practice. Uh, we're doing a. You're doing face maker again? Whoa, yeah, dude. What? We're, you know, uh, Tencent Beer Life breaking news update. We're doing a show for our bassist's 40th birthday on May 4th next year. Okay. So we're periodically practicing, you know, from now until then, which honestly, dude. Like, I was so pissed off when I got this text message from them. My fat cells fucking instantly started rioting. The amount of fucking sweat. I can't do a face maker show as fucking fat as I am. I'm going to have to lose, like, a shit ton of weight. I have to get in shape, fucking exercise, eat right like I'm fucking supposed to. I can't just lay around and be a fat asshole anymore. Because I'll fucking pop an artery if I try to go do face maker at my current size, dude. It's not going to happen, so... I was pissed off about that for a minute, and then I'm like, all right, <laughs> it's fine. So I was, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll just grab all that shit and go over there Sunday. I end up not being able to find the fucking keys to my equipment. My equipment's locked in a, um, I had these custom road cases built to house my equipment, and they lock with like a vending key, a uh, vending machine type key, you know, one of the round ones. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm looking, I'm, I, I can, I'm having a hard time walking, standing. You know, all that kind of shit because I'm just taxed. I think I walked like over 10 miles when I was out in Denver between the airports, Red Rocks, and all that shit. And uh, I can't find the fucking keys to my equipment. So I had to cancel. I, I didn't come see you Saturday night because I was ill. I couldn't find the keys because I was ill. I had to cancel on Facemaker practice. It was a fucking fucked up weekend. But fucking the show at Red Rocks was 100% worth every penny I spent, every drop of sweat. I sweat into my fat rolls, and uh, it was a peak life experience. Nice. I, I'd say my vacation was probably the most exhausting. It was actually, definitely the most exhausting. We were walking like eight to ten miles a day for like every single day, and uh, we both had giant fucking uh, check bag. And Sarah's was at like the forty-five pound limit. Mine was like forty-two pounds, and you know. I could wheel them certain places, but we were going up and down stairs a bunch. There's no goddamn elevators. And it was exhausting. Yeah, dude. Everything's so old over there. It's, like, older than anything that we can, like, conceptualize. So it's just tiny streets and, like, no fat American amenities, dude. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you don't want to fucking haul shit up to... Uh... Dude, We when we went over, like... Allison like got fucking mad, like threw her shit down. She's like, I'm done. I'm done fucking carrying up <laughs> a fucking bag up a mile and a half full. And I'm like, I get it, but we don't have a choice, dog. They lost this my sucks. luggage because that uh connection was so tight. They didn't have my luggage on there. And then they sent it to the airport and I'm like they're like, we're going to deliver it to you tomorrow. I'm like, I got two days in London. So, no, I'm not going to sit around and wait and you know, just have you guys hold me hostage all day. 
Um, I'll come get him tonight. So we just like forfeited our first day in London so that we can get my bags. And we spent $150 between the two of us getting us from where we were staying back to Heathrow Airport. And then like had to walk through multiple terminals. And that's one of the biggest airports in the in the world. So we're, spent, we're, we're like sprint walking through all of the airport. And then they only had one of my bags. They couldn't track down the other one. It ended up getting sent back home. Like they called me three days later. I'm like, I'm in Scotland now. You cannot deliver that to me. So just send it back to Berea. But thank <laughs> God that one only had like some of Sarah's winter clothing in it. Um, she wasn't happy about that. She was very cold. We had to buy her new gloves and hats and shit, but we got through it. Nice, dude. Dave, why did you have to smuggle in drugs to Red Rocks when Bert was smoking? Uh, <clears throat> it was a no, you know, I don't take any chances, man. I'm not, you know, I, they didn't, I could have smuggled a fucking gun in there if I wanted it. They didn't wand me. They didn't do shit. When I rolled up to that handicap access, they just scanned my ticket and I walked in, but that's just force of fucking habit. Um, okay. You know, I was, like, I was, I always put my drugs, I always put my drugs in my fat just in case you never know. I, I, I used the chunk oven, uh, on my trip. I put a couple mini bottles in there, and I just like, dude, Dave would be so proud. Yeah, dude. <laughs> did, you, did you enjoy them at 98.6 degrees? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were. it was tequila. My buddy bought tequila, and I don't like tequila. But I, I choked it down, and uh, he asked me to snuggle in a whole like glass bottle, and I was like, there's no way that happens. I can't, I can't do that. So he Wait stuffed a minute. Did it. Did you smuggle that through the airport? No, 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 oh. no. Just oh, that would have been intense. At Skankfest, the only thing they cared about, literally, like, I could add Coke, a baggie of Coke, like, walking through like this. They just wanted you to buy their $17 tall boys. So that, the only yeah. thing they cared about was alcohol. Like, right. no other drugs were a problem. Um, so he stuffed this bottle into his taint. And he's a regular dude, and it looked great. And he got in there. Got a real nice look to it. And so I had the mini bottles and he had like a a bottle bottle and uh, he goes in the bathroom, opens it up and then drops it and shatters it in a stall in the bathroom. (laughs) So like, I don't like tequila as is. And then this is like at nine o'clock when this happens, like we went back to the liquor store and got booze or whatever. Um, and I had been drinking this tequila and I'm like kind of feeling, Bleh. and then I went into the same stall that he spilled it in ironically and smelled all the tequila. It was just enough. And I was like, I'm going to vomit. I'm going to vomit. So I ended up leaving because I was like, I feel like shit. Fucking prick. Our Uber driver, they, so Airbnb gave us the wrong address for their place. Have you guys ever had that? They're like, we put a secret address in there so people don't know where our place is at. No, and they they dropped us off for our the address. It's actually, I'm super pissed about this now. That I think about it. They dropped us off and they were like, "Here's your Airbnb." And dude, like it looked like San Andreas, dude. Like I thought, like just like a fucking gang member was gonna come up and rob us, and we had all of our bags. And then we were like going to go into the door, and they're like, "There's no lockbox." And they're like, "There should be a lockbox." And my buddy has his hand on the knob, and we we're like. There's a baby in there crying. And I was like, 
walk away slowly. Don't fucking turn that knob. Like, let's get off of their fucking property completely. Dude, if I lived there, I'd be pissed that they kept sending people to this fucking house. It was insane. Did they give this is the address that they gave you after you booked that they messaged you in your inbox? Well, he had it in his inbox and he didn't share anything with us because it's just fucking stupid, I guess. But like when you open up the Uber app, it doesn't have the address, but like, or the and the address doesn't have address. But like the day of when we looked at the address in the app, it had this fucking bogus address in there, which because isn't how things work. Because until you book, they they just give you a vicinity or whatever. Yeah. And then after you book, you have to get the address out of the out of your out of the message that the host sends you. Yeah, but a lot of times in the app, it's it'll show up. Hmm. Anyways, so we got dropped off in the ghetto, and uh, with like how, how far two away cases from of beer, like for how far away was it? Yeah, like how far away was the Airbnb from where they dropped you off? Another Uber ride, like five miles. Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. Yeah, like it wasn't anywhere close. Yeah, that's shitty so, as fuck. Yeah, it was wild. But, I mean, other than that, like watched a bunch of comedy. David Holtzman was a guy i never seen. He's like some old comic, uh, comedy store fucking comic. And, like, I'd watch comedy for 30 hours and, like, had tears in my eyes watching his set. Brian, like, Brian Holtzman? Brian Holtzman. What did I say? David? Yeah. It's Brian Holtzman. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Fucking wild. Wildly funny. Just, like, it was real weird. It was it was definitely, like, a throwback comic. Uh, probably not going to ever be, like, crazy popular on the road. But he's trying to be. Um, but super funny. I loved it. Um, Sam Talent was... Probably my vote for best to vest. Everything I saw him do was fucking just fire. There was a lot. I mean, there was a lot of great comics there, but those were like the two that I was like, oh shit, this was real good. They did a podcast. I don't even know. I could barely see. I walked in the room late, but they had fucking, I think it was Legion of Skanks, and they had fucking Roseanne and Violent J from ICP on the panel. And I'm like, this is very weird. I never thought I would see this in a million years. <laughs> it was hilarious. Weren't they trying to say that they were trying to like um, hook Violent J up with Roseanne? They're like, oh, you guys should go out together or something. I, I didn't know. I just walked in and saw it. <clears throat> and then I was like, I can't see or hear anything. Acoustically, it was really bad where I was at. So... I just left. I was like, this is wild. I talked to Violent J. I shook his hand and talked to him about uh, the juggalo, the champion of the jugglers, Joshua Bishop, AIW Zone. We talked wrestling for about five, ten minutes. He was on mushrooms. Um, it was fun. <laughs> but once, once I said AIW, Josh Bishop, he was like, oh, shit, I'm going to chat with this fellow for a while. Nice. That's his wrestling champion right now. So I got to talk to Violent J. The comics weren't as out and about as they were in years past. I like the Brooklyn, New York festival better. The big rooms weren't big enough and the small rooms were too big for a small show. So like the intimacy was gone. There was in like old movie theaters. Watch Doug Stanhope's new movie. Um, what, what night did you guys get there? Friday night? Thursday. Thursday. Thursday night late. They were out Thursday. We went in Friday. Were you there for the Joe DeRosa thing? No, no, I I know about it. 
<laughs> what happened? Uh, they were doing, they were choosing a ring card girl for Ellis Mania, and they were just bringing women up out of the crowd, and one of them was trans, and they were doing, like, a uh, talent show, so, like, a couple of them were doing, like, dumbass shit, and then the trans woman was like, well, I can suck my own dick, but someone's got to get it hard, so, like, Joe DeRosa, like, jumped up and volunteered and took her to a bathroom, and I guess they, like, blew each other or something, and she comes back, and she's got nut on her leg, and she's showing everybody the, the cum on her pants, and um, it was, like, the talk of pretty much every podcast that's come out since then. I would imagine that would be the talk. Yeah. You don't you don't see too many shows where people just uh, get up and go blow each other real quick. Yeah, they went to like a bathroom <laughs> away from the stage or something. I, I have no idea. It, it was uh, it's it's crazy. I've I've heard it from like three different podcasts. There was um, Matt and Shane's secret podcast with Ari and Mark Norman, and then there's the the Skankfest podcast that came out. There was some, there was one other one that they talked about it on. I can't remember. Yeah, there was uh I kind of heard about it and then everybody was making like jokes to it and then I found out what happened. I was like, "Oh shit. Good for him." I was like, "I didn't care." He came out a goddamn comedy jam and sang "Time of My Life" and she came up and they were like dancing on it and that's like Josh Adam Meyer's like live band karaoke thing. Uh pretty funny. Yeah, he's in love. Good for him. All right. <laughs> Just um but yeah, Skankfest was fun. I'm I was happy to be home. Fremont Street is the Vegas that I want. That is the fun Vegas. It's a carnival, dude. It's insane. Fuck the strip, Fremont Street all day. Look what it's how like, so is it a carnival? I've never been to Vegas. It's so the strip is just like very packed and like everything. It's huge. I mean, it's just Fremont Street's like three blocks of just like old Vegas casinos and like just degenerates like they have like circles on the ground where people can sell or like play music and like it's just it's a way more my vibe uh it's getting expensive now too but it's it used to be like the cheaper place to go okay Um, probably still is but just uh it's a much better place we didn't do much gambling or anything but like i was like oh yeah frost dude it's a lot of fun um, if you're thought, into that, I thought you were going to use the secret. I, I did. I, I was like, you know what? I'm paying $18 for a fucking Modelo. I was like, the secret is not being a booze bag and uh, coming home yeah. with money. And I accomplished that. So I was good. I ate pizza for three straight days. I <laughs> had nachos once, but they had like a pizza by the slice place. And I was like, this is going to feed me. Yep. And that's, that's how I lived. Oh, okay. I forgot the biggest thing I wanted to talk to you guys about in my 24 hours of, of banging those five G's fucking, I ordered DoorDash from a place called the fat shack. Okay. It, it is their logo. I'm scrolling through Instagram. I had almost, you were the logo. <laughs> I, I'm scrolling through like the Jordan logo. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said their logo was just you, like the Jordan logo? No. It was, I'm scrolling through DoorDash. I almost ordered from one other place, and I'm like, you know what? Let me just check and see what else is in here. And I start scrolling, and I see the logo for this place called Fat Shack. And it's like a little house, but it's fat. 
and it's got like a smile on its face. And I'm oh, like, I'm looking oh. at it now. I'm like, oh, let me let me just see what these guys have. The very first fucking sandwich. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, fucking kudos to their marketing team. If I was a fish, I'd be sitting in a cooler of ice. Um, because, dude, their menu is off the fucking chain. The first sandwich I looked at was cheesesteak, chicken fingers, french fries, mozzarella sticks, and honey mustard. What? And then they've got deep fried Oreos. They've got all kinds of fucking crazy appetizers. And what was the other thing? Oh, boneless chicken fingers. So I got some lemon pepper boneless chicken fingers in that sandwich. Some deep fried Oreos. And, dude, Versus bone-in it, chicken fingers? Dude, I tried, to smuggle that sh- I tried to smuggle that shit through security at, at Denver Airport the next day. And, and they made me they made me go sit down on a bench somewhere and eat it. I'm just sitting in the middle of the <laughs> airport smashing fat shack so it doesn't go to waste. Why wouldn't they let you bring food in? I thought food was fine. And not through security for some reason. Like oh, could, really? there was all kinds of places I could have like sat down and ate it before I got there. But I was gonna, just gonna take it to the gate and eat it at the gate and I didn't know you couldn't do that. So I, I did smuggle a Pop Tart through though in in my book bag and then when i got on the plane i put it under my gut in the chunk oven and then by the time i forgot about it completely so i'm like moving around and shit by the time i remembered that it was there i've got my tray table or my i've got my like uh, tray full of food from the, <laughs> the meal and i pull it out and it is just crumbs and dust inside of this little mylar bag and i'm like oh my god and, or no, they had already taken. They had already taken my tray because I still had the napkin. So I wrapped the unopened pop tart that's crumbled to pieces in the napkin. And when the um, flight attendant came over, I go, "Excuse me, could you please dispose of this contraband, please?" And they go, hey, "Give me this weird look." And they take it, and I see him look at it, and it says, "Fucking pop tarts, real big, right on the thing." And he he just chuckles, and, and you know goes and throws it away. <laughs> it's like contraband. It's like yeah, I smuggled it. Pop tart in, in my fat, and then it got. All- You're definitely allowed to bring food like pop tarts. I mean, yeah. I, I bring food every single flight I go on. Uh, that's they were telling me the exact opposite at the. Thing I, I went saying. through with sandwiches in uh, Edinburgh in Scotland. The is, what the fuck is it with you and these sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like I had sandwiches in my backpack. The guy goes, "You can leave the sandwiches in there," because I was like taking them out to put them in, like sit oh. next to it. Maybe they were concerned for my health. Maybe. I don't know. Checks out. I don't know what the rule is. I've seen people just like eating crazy shit on a flight before. What did the person next to you think about when you pulled a pop tart out of your belly? What was this person thinking? Me and this dude talked for an hour and a half. I might get my real estate license and join up with what he's doing because he's talking about he owns a construction company. He makes like 10 million a year and he's talking about supplementing that income. With this, he, he goes, as soon as I can replace my construction company income with this new thing I'm doing, I'm retired. And I'm like, dog, I only need fucking six grand, seven grand a month to replace my income. Let's fucking go, dog. You know, get me retired right fucking now. Let's you got his it. card? I get weak change numbers because I was hitting him. <laughs> He's like, this guy's how... resourceful. He I just can't... posted a Pop-Tart with his body. What can he do for my company? <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I can't remember how we... Oh, what happened was they asked us what we wanted to eat, and it was enchiladas or Asian noodle soup. 
And then the first fucking tray that comes out is a bacon cheeseburger on a pretzel bun. We both look at each other and I'm like, dude, my fat cells are fucking riding right now. Why wasn't that an option for me? You know? <laughs> and he, like, he wasn't letting it go. He was like, hey, so he flagged the guy down. It was like, hey, man, how come we didn't get, pr you know, pretzel burgers and shit? And the guy says, oh, um, you had, there's a bunch of options that you can choose from if you do it the day before. If you wait until you're on the flight, your options are limited. And I start laughing. I'm like, dude, I saw that text message yesterday, and I'm like, oh, I'll just fucking do it tomorrow. Now I know, you know, not to sleep on the, the picking out your meal before you get there. And uh, so then from then, we just started talking about work. You know, he owns a construction company. I started talking about what I do for, you know, Unique Home Solutions. Um, and then he started talking about how he's trying to get out of it by supplementing his income. That's the same shit that I'm trying to do with all the other stuff that I'm working on. So we got it started talking about that. And then he was like, dude, he goes, so if you, he goes, you talk to people on the phone, he goes, that's, he goes, that's pretty much all you need to do. He goes, there's people that, that get their real estate license and don't sell a home at all. And they just recruit other realtors and then you make money off of what they do. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. It's like an upside down funnel. Yeah, you're, yeah, dude. I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, this dude was getting you. He's like, oh, I've got this other company. I make $10 million a year, but I've got something better. And it involves so <laughs> Dude, There's yeah, no dude. way that, that other company is real. He's just a hustler. Dude, help, so, help this guy run his Ponzi scheme, Dave. Yeah, so yeah. Is, what do you got to lose? This is the fundamental difference between you, the two of you and I, is that um, it's always glass, glass half empty with you guys. It's never glass half full. It's a scheme. It's always it's living a, in the real world. It's a pyramid scheme. It's a this or it's a that. We'll see. We'll figure it out. It's, I mean, it's a billion-dollar company, so we'll see what happens. But um, I might end up getting my real estate license solely for the purpose of recruiting people for this company and – uh, he was like, he goes, yeah, in the last year and a half, I've earned like $50,000 in stock just by referring people in addition to what I've gotten paid. And he's, it's already supplementing portions of his income. He's just trying to build it out big enough so he can retire immediately. So you mean so like this if this guy, guy has a company that makes $10 million a year doing construction, why is he spending time doing this? Because running the construction company is a pain in the ass. It takes a lot of time and there's a lot of liability involved, but he's uh, got the time to telemarket and recruit people. He, he's not, it, it's not, t he said that if you can telemarket, you could do this job. And all it is, is all it, if you're a realtor, I mean, if do you want me to fucking explain it, I will. Uh, <laughs> re realtors, I'm very curious. Realtors park their license with a brokerage. So that broker takes 20% off of all of their sales. And that's how it's been forever. There was a company I can't remember the name of. They started trickling Made off back. homes? They started trickling <laughs> back. <laughs> uh, they started trickling back portions of that 20% back to their realtors. And then the company that he's working for, which is EXP Realty, what they did was they put everything under one broker. So instead of having franchises across the country with tons of brokers that are collecting that money, using it to pay the expenses, and then kick in a little bit of it back, it's all coming to the top, and then it's kicked back through 
recruitment. So as you bring in more realtors under you, you're earning off of shit that they bring in. And uh, so all of that 20%, yes, goes right to the top of the company. And then it gets to the to top the- of the pyramid, if you will. Hey, call it what you want. It's, you know, it's a real company. It's not, you know, again, this is, like I said, you know, you guys aren't thinking Life very secret. Full, dude. Like, You're fine. It, listen, if you were thinking, if you were thinking glass half full in Vegas, you would have said, damn, these beers are $18. If I throw $50 on the third third, I can win 150 bucks. That's almost 10 fucking beers. But it's all good, dude. All I'm saying you just is just called me an idiot. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying the, <laughs> the way we look at the way we look at things is fundamentally different. That's all. And I don't have to have it based it. in reality. That's one of the reasons I love Bert so much. I'm on a you know maybe not the exact same wavelength, but I'm out there, not giving a fuck about what people think about reality and what can be done and can't. You know, the the biggest problem is, and I told him this is that. I'm less of the execution portion. I'm more of the ideas portion because he was saying, yeah, some guys are recruiting with YouTube. And I'm like, dude, why don't you take the fucking marketing team you have for your, um, for your custom construction business, have them create you some videos explaining this shit and then pay someone on Fiverr to translate them into all these languages, all these different markets. He's got a guy in Dubai that's selling homes under him right now. He's making money off of, I'm like, dude, tr- take these videos, translate them to all these different markets that you could hit and recruit people like that. And he's like, his eyes fucking got big as fuck. He's like, holy shit. I'm Hell like, yeah, dude, dude, you impress this guy. Good. Yeah. And he, he was like, let me get your number. You know, I'm going to send you the videos and shit. So I might take the training and get my real estate license for the sole purpose of recruiting other realtors to come join their company. Hell yeah, dude. Good for you. I don't know. There going, really I just met a wizard. Dude, yeah, I, I just mean, have to bust your balls, man. That's the name of well, the game. Like, I'm not saying you threw wrong or right. I just, uh, twisty yeah. saw, dude. Yeah, I doubt he's like, oh, here's a mark right here sitting <laughs> next to me. <laughs> you know, well, you were in first class, so he was like, this guy's doing something right. <laughs> yeah. This guy's spending chunks of his savings on flying to see Bird at Red Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> you fool. But yeah, uh, so that was that conversation. Nice, dude. Let's tight. turn this into a real estate podcast and just get everybody. <laughs> Let's get it. I'll go under me and Brian can go under you, and then we'll just we'll just build it out, dude. Him and his wife had all these rental properties and bullshit. He's like, it's he goes, it's all a bunch of fucking work. He goes, this is literally autopilot. I'm like, that's what's up. That's what I'm talking about. He said that the dude, uh, the whole reason he got into it was because him and his wife were flipping homes and they had a guy that was doing all their real, being the realtor for all their sales. And then he left. So he had to get his real estate license and then he started becoming the realtor for those deals. Then the next time he ran into that guy, he was driving a Ferrari. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I went over to this other company. I'm making three, uh, $300,000 a month. So that's what got the 10 the 10 million dollar a year dude into it because the dude's making three hundred thousand dollars a month which is less than 10 million uh yeah but he's not having to put in all of the effort and all of the liability and the time 
that he is that he would be with the other company. So he's like, it's yeah, put a price tag on a peace of mind, dude. He's like, it's changed me and my wife's lives. You know, we're, we're free to do a lot more shit. He goes, this fucking construction company is the bane of my existence. And that's what's up, dude. Oh, yeah. What do you guys got anything coming up? <laughs> we'll end on this sales pitch, dude. <laughs> Sorry for fucking with you, Dave. No, hey, anybody that's listening <laughs> to this and is interested, holler at me. Uh, you can you can get in under me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, comedy wise, I'm at hilarities on the 18th, and then I did book another weekend with Nadal all the way in March of next year. So March. Oh. Nice. 14th, 15th, yeah. and 16th. Brian Kenny at the Funny Step. Nice. Right before St. Right. Pat's. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Comedy Festival. I, we got we got a ten cent beer life, dude. And then you know, obviously, if somebody drops out, I'm gonna get you guys in on stuff. Um, I take care, of, you know, of the scheduling and stuff. I know the guy. So if you guys want to hang out Saturday, the 11th, I'm sure we'll be able to get some shit in. Uh, I think we're gonna have the Stepe fight up there too. I think we're gonna oh. have the after party with the Stepe John Jones fight. I'll so, come to that for sure. Yeah, I think we're going to do that at the after party. That's the plan as of right now. It may fizzle out, but um, we'll see. So that's all I got. All right. Go Cleveland.